2: just write this statement down nothing happens by accident in any christian's life or by chance never happens that way see god wants to bring these kind of individuals across us in your neighborhood there are hurting marriages at work there's people that are hurting there's teenagers that are crying out for help and god wants us to be there for them.
0: God is always directing our paths. There's an old Jewish saying that coincidence is not a kosher word. Sometimes we face certain situations as individuals that make us feel more comfortable by dismissing them as mere coincidence. Oftentimes, we treat coincidence synonymously with chance or accident. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us that as Christians, nothing happens by chance or accident. In our study, we learned that God uses each and every situation, interaction, and tragedy to give us the opportunity to reach out to those who are suffering. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 25, with his continuing study entitled, Get Ready to be Blessed.
2: I received mercy when I became a Christian from God I didn't pay for it, I couldn't pay for it, I received it free So I now have a responsibility to pass that mercy and forgiveness to other people Got it? Got it As I do that, I'm incredibly blessed Blessed, even if I get one of these Stab in the back, it's okay Because God takes care of that. Now, if you get stabbed in the back, don't go like this. Okay, God, get him. Wrong beatitude. Wrong beatitude. God takes care of all of that kind of stuff. Okay? Perfect judge. Now, I want you to turn. We're not going to be back to Matthew anymore today. I want you to turn to the book of Luke. Two books over. Book of Luke chapter 10. And I want to put a story in practical application for you this morning. This could be a parable or it could be Actually, something that was in the Jerusalem newspaper that morning that Jesus read. Obviously, there wasn't a Jewish newspaper. But it could be an actual situation that took place or just simply a parable. We skip on down to verse 25. Luke 10, verse 25. Here we go. On one occasion, an expert in the law. Now we have to stop there for a moment. We're not talking about Experts in the law. I'm not sure. I think that's almost like an oxymoron today, but Especially with our Supreme Court system expert in the law Uh, This is not a a lawyer We have good lawyers in this body and then there's other kind of lawyers just like they're good doctors and what are kind of doctors and whatever Have you ever noticed the new phone book that just came out? You know one? how big it is if you take the lawyer section out, it's about this big then (laughs) Did you ever notice that it's incredible? Well, this, this guy is not an expert in criminal law. He's an expert in the Jewish law. So he's into God. And see, the Jews thought they could be right with God by keeping the law, the Ten Commandments, and of course the Pharisees came up with 613 other things that if you did this, you could earn your righteousness with God. So notice what it says. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up. Here's a word you need to understand. To test Jesus. So his motive isn't really right. Teacher, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? There's a lot of questions in in life. That's the most important question you'll ever ask. How do I get saved? How do I get to heaven? How can I have eternal life? If you don't have the answer to that today, you need to get it. I'm going to give it to you in this teaching. That is, nothing else in life matters. That is the most important question. Because you will live somewhere forever. And then Jesus, interesting to me, doesn't answer him. He answers him with a question. Look at verse 26. Jesus says to him, Well, what is written in the law? Knowing that this guy's big time into the Jewish law. How do you read it? The man answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind. Now, remember, the Jewish people, many of them had little phylacteries, little boxes that they wore kind of around or on their sleeves or what. And inside there was the Shema back from Deuteronomy. It would have exactly this in there. Love the Lord with all your heart and your soul and your strength and your mind. So the, the, the law, Jesus would take all this complicated law. I wish we could do this to our laws that we live by here in the United States. He took all the complicated laws and broke them into two. One part was to love God. The next part is to love man, your neighbor. You look at this cross, the vertical part of the cross, the first part of the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments are about loving God. The other sixth part of the commandments are about loving man. So this man knew that Jesus was teaching this, so he says to him, Well, I love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, and body. And I do love my neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, Well, you've answered correctly. Go ahead and do this, and you will live. Now, what is Jesus saying to this man? Is he saying to the man, Well, you can go to heaven by keeping the law. No, he's not saying that to him. Why? Because no one could keep the law. And so this man was trying to say And you're going to see in a moment He's going to say part one Loving God with all my heart, mind, soul I did it perfectly I did it perfectly Then he's going to say the neighbor Well, I don't know whether I did it perfectly Tell me who my neighbor is But let's go back to the first part Is there anybody in this building this morning That loves God with every part of you perfectly? Never can In fact, the Bible says this Be perfect God says Be perfect Remember God, Tim Be perfect Be perfect As God is perfect Well I can't be perfect I can never be perfect In fact the Bible says this Let's say there's 600 laws That the Bible asks us to do In all my life I do 599 Perfect But one time One time Just what I broke the 600 law You know how God looks at that You broke them all So this man knows that, and Jesus tried to say to him, Oh, you really you really kept them all, eh? Oh, yeah? Really? Really? He doesn't even address it. Like, stupid. Impossible. But he's going along with them. And so the next question from this man is, Well, I did that with God. Jesus said, No, you didn't. But he doesn't even say that to him. He just says, I know you didn't. He says, Well, let me see if I have loved my neighbor as myself. Well, who's my neighbor? Verse 29. But to just That's the verse. Look it. But he wanted to justify himself. Why did he want to justify himself? Because he knew he was guilty. So he tries to defect it. I, well, just tell me who my neighbor is, and I'll tell you whether I kept it. And so he asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? Now, what is Jesus going to do? He's not going to define neighbor in a sentence. He's going to define neighbor with either a true story or parable. We begin in verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man, you can write over that man, a Jewish man, was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of Robert. Take a look at me this morning. Here's Jerusalem, here's Jericho. Jerusalem's high in the mountains. Jericho was down. It's a a beautiful area. It's an area that was kind of like a resort area. It was 17 miles down from this area to here. Jerusalem, of course, the religious capital. Jericho kind of just a neat area to vacation and relax in, whatever, date palms, a lot of neat stuff happening down there. But the problem was in Jesus' day, this road for 17 miles was known as the bloody road. It, all kinds of robbers and evil people would hide on the side of the roads, come out of the rocks, come out of the trees, and rob people as they went down. So, you, number one, you'd be very foolish to walk that road alone. Well, here we have a man that does. He walks it alone. What happens? Well, what happens very often? A, a group of robbers came to him. Notice they stripped him of his clothes, so now he's naked. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. So we have this picture of this incredibly hurting Jewish man. Verse 31. A priest, circle this, we'll be back to a moment. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So Jesus introduces into the story our first religious man. A Jewish priest who had just come from Jerusalem. Now, what would a Jewish priest do in Jerusalem? Well, he would teach the word. He would give the lesson. He would talk about the good things of God. As this Jewish man comes, and here's the man laying down here. And let's set the story, because I want to put you in the story. Let's, let's become the Jewish man that just got beat. Here you are on the road. You're naked. You're beaten. You're bleeding. You're hurting. You're in the sticks in the wilderness. Nobody's around you. Totally naked and bleeding. Don't know whether you're going to make it or not. Now, what do I want here? Do I want justice or mercy here? This is not a hard question. I want mercy. I want somebody to stop by and what? Help me. It's not a very difficult thing. I'm hurting. I did a stupid thing. I went down the road. By the way, you'll see as we go through this, this is a picture of you and I before Christ. We did stupid things. We needed somebody to come and help us. The picture, here's the man hurting. The priest has just come from church. (laughs) He taught the lesson. So as he comes, we see the story. As he comes, he sees and hears this bleeding man and walks right on by him. He just came from church. He just taught the lesson. But see, he was here. He wasn't here. The man needs mercy. He's a Jew. But he avoids him. Now, I ask you to circle a word. It was the word happened. Just write this statement down. Nothing happens by accident in any Christian's life, or by chance. Never happens that way. See, God wants to bring these kind of individuals across us. In your neighborhood, there are hurting marriages. At work, there's people that hurt, and there's teenagers that are crying out for help. And God wants us to be there for them. God is always directing our paths Every believer can show mercy. On this road of life, God just gives us doors and doors and doors of opportunity. Those who have been wounded in need, and it's our privilege, remember, I've received mercy, so I should freely give mercy. The first religious person, the Jewish priest, passes by. Look at verse 32. So to a Levite, when he came to the place, this is another Jewish religious person, saw him pass by on the other side. Now, why did, two, why did both of these religious people, they see the need, but they ignore it? Why? Well, a number of reasons. One, it was known in those days that some people would fake being hurt. So that when you stopped to give them care, then they would attack you and beat you. One of the other excuses could have been that if this man was dead, wasn't moaning, just naked and bleeding, that the Jewish priest, if he touched a body that was dead, then he's seven days unclean. He can't teach anymore in the temple. Wouldn't have done any good. He'd have been unclean. So we don't know whether it was a religious excuse, whether it was fear. But for many of us, it wasn't either one of those. For many of us, it's because we don't want to get involved. You see, I have my own things, my own agenda to do. Pastor Mark, the seafaring ministry going to go Never see some of those guys again ever on those cruise ships. Well, that's just like useless. Really? Useless? Is that what God thought of you when he sent somebody on your path? At all? For you and I this morning... Understand that God brings people by us because we have received mercy. Don't forget where we came from. Don't forget. Look at verse 33. But a Samaritan, let me stop. But a Samaritan, what was a Samaritan? A Samaritan was hated by the Jews. Hated. Back in in the Old Testament days, 10 tribes of Israel were taken away into captivity by Assyria, and they left a few Jews in Israel. Well, the Assyrians who were pagans, they were Gentiles. They, they sent the pe- some people back, and they intermarried. So the Jewish people considered the Samaritans half-breeds. They hated them. They wouldn't even say the word. It's amazing to me that this story in the Bible is called Good Samaritans. It's like an oxymoron. They wouldn't even say the word. What does Jesus put in the story? <laughs> a Samaritan. Jesus is always around Samaritans. Remember the woman at the well? Oh, she was a Samaritan. So Jesus says a Samaritan comes by. Look at verse 33. And he came by where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, poured on oil. That oil would have eased the pain. Wine. Wine would have had, obviously, alcohol and a septic into it. Then he put the man on his own donkey. And he took him to a Motel 6 where they always leave the light on. (laughs) You see, the Samaritan overcame his prejudice to this Jewish man. And he did the right thing. I want you to write this because this is sometimes why we don't get involved. It will often cost us to show mercy, but it's well worth it. It's going to cost you. See, too many of us are not involved. And I want to challenge you this morning. Understand what I'm saying. We come to church. We do our religious deal. You're here. But you're not involved with people during the week. Yes, our families come first. But guys, there's a world of hurting people. It's not a churchy deal. It doesn't even have to be a formal deal. It just has to be when God opens the door. So this... This Samaritan. What is he going to have to do? Watch this. He has an agenda. He's supposed to be somewhere over here at a time. He sees this man. He gets right down with the man. He gets dirty. He gets bloody. His agenda is gone. In the next verse you're going to see, he takes his wallet out. He pays for the man's care. He has to spend the night. He'll probably never see this man again. But he got dirty. He got involved. He cared enough. You see, mercy is doing something. He just didn't go, oh, did you see the poor man? It's a shame. He got involved. That's the challenge. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Just don't love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and body here. But you got to show mercy to people that are around us. Look at verse 35. The next day he took out those two silver coins, and, which is equal to two days' wages, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he says, and when I return, I'll reverse you for any extra expense you may have made. Now that Samaritan that morning left with joy and peace. He knew that he'd done all the right things with the right attitude. We have no idea whether he ever sees the man, ever receives mercy from him at all. It doesn't matter. Because he did the right thing. Verse 36, which of these three, Jesus said, do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber, the Jewish priest, the Jewish Levi, or the Samaritan? Verse 37, the expert in the law replied, notice, he can't even say the word Samaritan. He can't say it. So what does he say? The one who had mercy on him. And what does Jesus say? To this man, go and do, do, do likewise. You're not keeping the law. You're not even close to understanding who God is. Our attitude, the thief said, what is yours is mine, I'll take it. The priest and the Levite reasoned, what's mine is mine and I'll keep it. But the Samaritan said, what's mine is, is yours. And I'll share it. Now, why why did the Samaritan say that? Well, because you and I are like that person. We freely receive, freely we give. I didn't deserve God's mercy. Some of us are so far from when we received it, we forget it. David wrote this, Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Is there anybody here? They would like to have mercy just following you all the days of your life. And could, I, could I see your hand? How about your other hand? You did that last week. We can do it again, can't we? Would you like mercy just following you forever? Hallelujah. And then what? And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That day's coming. Between now and then, there's all kinds of people that need mercy. I can't do it with my natural strength. Because in my natural ability, I'm too busy. I got too much. I want to walk right by it. I can't meet every need. Absolutely. Now, don't some of you go on 95 and pick the first guy up or whatever, and we read you get killed and all that kind of stuff. Don't don't do that. So I'm talking about that. But in things where we can make that privilege and that door's there and we see it, we can do it. Understand this morning, God has put us in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our places of employment where people are hurting, they're blinded, they're held captive without hope. God brings us into contact so that we can get dirty, we were once dead in our trespasses and sins. And I can reach out with the right attitude and give mercy. In this story, it's very simple to see spiritually that the priest and the Levi are a picture of dead religion. The man who is beaten and half dead, it's a sinner. Wounded on the road of life. Notice that dead religion is not able to help the hurting, sinful man. The only person that can help us is Jesus. This morning, I want you to remember back to the day this was you as a sinner. Your sins, you were dead in your trespassing and sin. That's what Ephesians says, dead spiritually. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't get myself up. I couldn't do good enough to be right with God. Religion never helped me. I can be a member of Calvary Chapel. We don't even have it, but I could be. I could have been baptized as a baby and a doll. I could read my Bible. I could give money. I I can be the best person at church every week. Stars on my head from a little kid. Didn't save me. The priest, the Levi walked by. But one day, Jesus walked into my life. He picked me up. He took care of my wounds. He offered me forgiveness and grace and mercy. He put me on the old donkey, and away we went. And he took me, and he provides for me today, still today, everything I need to enjoy life. How did he pay for it? It wasn't two days' wages. It was his life. He died so I might live.
0: Some of us may have experienced a time where we met someone in need at the right place and right time. As Pastor Mark taught us in today's study, this is no mere chance or accident, but rather a divine appointment from our Heavenly Father. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us how God uses His own to reach out to others in need. Just as God displayed mercy towards us, we learned that we can share that same mercy with
3: others. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now
0: be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark teaches us about the control center of man. In our study, Pastor Mark will discuss how it's the heart of man that produces the thoughts and actions of each and every one of us. With the heart being deceitfully wicked, we'll learn that it's only through a new heart received from Christ that we can have any hope of change and restoration. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting. is giving. Lord, let us hear